The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 139. Janet West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we gotta do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Pete, say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous, but this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home, it's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Barazzini, and you're listening to The Secret to Stargate, where I talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father. Howdy, Jack. And Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lambs 2.0. Hi, Victor. Hi, Jack. Hi, Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Is there an echo in here? (laughs) Today, we are discussing the ninth episode of Season 7, Avenger 2.0, or 2.0, depending on your preference. Dr. Felger, under the gun to prove his worth hatches a daring plan, unleash a computer virus to shut down the enemy stargates. But his test backfires spectacularly, trapping SG-1 and many other teams across the galaxy as his virus propagates throughout the entire network, leaving Earth vulnerable. With the Gould Baal gleefully exploiting the chaos, the pressure mounts. Can Felger and Carter work together to undo their mess, facing sabotage, hostile planets, and even a jealous Dream Carter? Join the thrilling race against time as they fight to reconnect the Stargate network, redeem themselves, and maybe even snag a kiss from Chloe. This is a fun episode. It is. (laughs) What are your thoughts on this episode, Father? It was fun. um, Felger was even more unhinged than he was before. (laughs) Uh, But this, it was, it was fun. It was interesting. Um, and, you know, Jack and I were talking beforehand is, you know, if you've worked uh, like IT support or something like that, system administration, it wasn't supposed to do that is a phrase you're very familiar with. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I identified very heavily with uh, Felger in this episode because this was like two weeks after I started at my job as a sysadmin. I doing an update to our domain controllers. I caused a cascade failure in the network and shut down the entire company's network for an entire day so <laughs> I, I totally understood where he was coming from <laughs> it, was, it was great i was in the i was in the that, server room trying to fix it on the kvm and the the ceo who was my boss comes in and he's this ex-marine guy who is he, if you don't know him he's very intimidating once you get to know him you realize he's not as scary as he seems but he just comes in and he's like what's going on i'm like Everything's broken. I'm not sure why, but I'll try to fix it. He's just like, okay. <laughs> so, so I, I felt his his a pain here. So we'll just start calling you Jack Fel- Felger Berzini. That works. <laughs> what about you, Lisa? I've always liked this one. I think it's fun. It's it's kind of Stargate poking fun at itself, and and you know kind of letting us the uh, audience laugh at it uh carter plays it very serious while you let felger have all the fun craziness like mm-hmm. you know walking in and he's got a carter doll and <laughs> throws it aside and she just you know barely makes a face at it so i i like it i think it's fun it's what a neat concept I, you, I, you couldn't do it every week but for a one-off 
I don't know. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So. What about you, Victor? Yeah, this is one of my favorites too. Anytime we get to see, you know, Patrick McKenna's Felger, it's a it's a good episode in my book. The fans at the time didn't, or the most vocal ones online didn't necessarily think so. And so this is, I think, our last appearance of of Felger, unfortunately. But I really enjoy this one uh, for all the reasons you said. You know, just a normal guy in the Stargate world making mistakes and and you know trying to trying to make things right again. You know, we see we see more of this uh, in in Atlantis with some of their scientists and stuff there, but it just I really like it when it when when we get to see it in, in Stargate. Yeah, and it's really fun to see the SG one team from the point of view of the people who work with them, because yeah. usually it's their POV that we're getting. But it's mm-hmm. nice to see this kind of kind of mousy scientist guy who's off in his lab most of the time, and he's really smart, but he's not the most street smart, I guess, and all these unintended consequences that come from his experiments and mm-hmm. his idolization of Carter and the rest of the team is really funny to see. And uh, like you'd mentioned, Lisa, with his uh, Stargate dolls in his apartment <laughs> and his whole like miniature diorama he's building, yeah. that's got to be against some sort of NDA. And yeah, uh, that, that's called like, against, yeah. you know, TSSCI security clearance. Yeah, <laughs> That's not even an NDA. <laughs> In, in the script, in the script, those were supposed to be Warhammer 40k miniatures. They're, oh, but they're little green men. They're the yeah, little green they changed army it soldiers. when they filmed it, when they filmed it to be the SGC. And it was probably cheaper to get the uh, little green men than Warhammer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and the, uh, the you know the Stargate Barbie is what uh, Amanda Tapping you know refers to the doll and and herself mm-hmm. on the show sometimes as well. Um, yeah, and they said there was a <laughs> demand for it after. People saw it online. Yeah. I mean, in the, the t- show. Yeah. Tilt yeah. doll as well. Yep. I, I, I will say one thing this episode was missing, though, was Dr. Simon Coombs, played by yes. John Billingsley. Yeah. Yes. Was missing him so badly. But of course, he was busy, you know, being a doctor of another sort on another show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He gets, he gets referenced by uh, Patrick mm-hmm. McKenna in a, in a improv. That bit was improv where he, where he says, or he on the phone and, Oh, uh, I mean, Simon, I, yeah, I gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> where he pretends to be talking to Simon and really he's talking to his mom. And yeah, I mean, so much of this episode, if you, if you watch the director's commentary, so much of this episode was improvised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I entire sections. Yeah. It was fascinating when they said they would just let him, they'd say like in the, in the very early scene where he's supposed to shoot the wall with the big gun and they were like, just walk to the wall and say, you know, and then he would just do all of this crazy and that's them responding to him. Yeah. And nice. so that was, that was really kind of fun to learn well, that, that. I, I liked a couple of times it. his, his Harold Green laugh came out, his little squeaky <laughs> laugh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When he puts on his pants backwards, I've, I've yeah. never seen that was uh, that was Adelaide, but yeah, and then tries yeah. to put his hands as, as, in, in the in pockets, the pockets. Back, backwards. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I actually don't know why this episode was so panned. I mean, at the time, I really liked it. I thought it was fun, but I just I don't know why fans in what was this two thousand and three got mm-hmm. all upset about it. Maybe because it just wasn't the core. I mean, you barely see Daniel Teal'c and uh, Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Richard Dean Anderson this entire season was spending more time in California to be with his family. Mm-hmm. Right. So they would film a few scenes with them, you know, get him in the episode, 
but they also mentioned they were filming three episodes at one time this season. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they had to kind of stagger where the main cast showed up in each episode. So yeah, we get is... Daniel Jackson in, in one scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of the classic, yeah. classic bottle scene or bottle episode where, you know, there's the main shooting somewhere else. So they have their second crew just in, on the set doing everything. Yeah. But, um, director, uh, uh, Lisa and I saw the, watched the version with the commentary with, uh, Martin Wood and Amanda tapping. And there's some really interesting camera work happening in this Mm -hmm. episode, which Mm -hmm. which we'll get into as we talk about the different scenes. But, but you watch this episode and and so many scenes of it were filmed in one take. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Yeah. When you realize that Patrick McKenna is improvising, you know, they have to choose which of his improvised takes they're going to use yeah. <laughs> and put in the episode. And how many of them were, were one takes? Yeah. That that they you know, did the walk through the corridor or whatever, and they just managed to do it perfectly. It's always fun when you have an actor who can do that so spontaneously mm-hmm. and they can work it into the episode because mm-hmm. I imagine Stargate is probably fairly heavily scripted most of the time, except mm-hmm. for... I'm assuming a lot of Richard Dean Anderson's quips. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it's fun to see how him, him do that. And then them react to him in real time or just, I just love the way Hammond looks at him the whole episode, just <laughs> staring at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don, Donna Davis actually asked if he could do his scenes just by himself without the other actors around, you know, cause it was less distracting to him <laughs> and just be like edited in. Yeah. As, I was going to say, he doesn't seem like the kind that could hold a straight face for too long if someone's hamming it up in front of him. Yeah. Yeah. And they mentioned that, Amanda Tapping did, how many times she was just trying not to bust out laughing and respond to what was going on. And and a couple of times, you could, they, they show her like from the side or something, and you can kind of see that she's got a, a, a smirk on smirk. her face. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's getting into SNL skit territory where the other actors can't keep their faces straight. Yeah. <laughs> And and so we do have, uh, you know, Coombs, Coombs is gone, but we do have Chloe, mm-hmm. uh, Felger's lab assistant, played by uh, uh, Jocelyn uh, Lowen, um, who is excellent in this, mm-hmm. playing the, mm-hmm. you know, the girl Friday role, but uh, really kind of the, the, the brains and the heart of the organization, keeping him, keeping him together. And mm-hmm. yeah, just excellent in, in the role. I'm really sad we don't get to see her again either. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they were fun characters. They should have brought them back to be more reoccurring and more hijinks. I wonder if they might have if the fans hadn't freaked out. Yeah. I mean, we get we get more Rodney, you know, McKay, mm-hmm. kind of the same mm-hmm. thing. We get Dr. Lee, who messes up a lot, um, you know, uh, uh, later on as well. We get Dr. a lot of Dr. Lee in the later uh, uh, seasons of the show. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the majority of the backlash was because this came right after Space Race, which also was kind of just a fun episode. Yeah, but it wasn't really what you think of when you think of like a Stargate Mm. Planet of the Week episode. Well, you know, there aren't trying something else out. There, there has it. When's the last time episode we've had that has actually been like a plot advancing episode? Yeah, it was probably episode three or something. Yeah, I mean, and that could be that could be part of the issue of you know, okay, I mean, these episodes are great and they're fun, but. This was episode nine of season seven, and that's six episodes mm-hmm. yeah. that um, didn't really advance the plot other than, like in this, there was the one mention of Balls using the fact the Stargate network is shut down to mm-hmm. conquer more territory. You know, instead of hurting him, it actually is helping him more. 
And I was going to suggest too that we we don't have as many team centric episodes this season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've had a lot of heavy on one specific character or Richard Richard Dean Anderson missing, you know, through Mm -hmm. most of an episode. And so you haven't, you don't get that. We got rid of Jonas. We brought the team back together and yet we don't get to see them together that often. Yeah. Orpheus was the fourth episode of the season and that's the last one that really did anything in terms of the larger plot of the show. Yeah. And even that was mostly Daniel and that was Daniel and Teal'c and Jack and Sam were hardly in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's probably part of that. But I like that we get more insight on how they interface with the Stargate. Uh, they, of course, they do the callback to the dialing computer that Sam had built because they don't have a DHD in mm-hmm. the SGC. And it was fun to see that uh, apparently you can program for the Stargate network in C Sharp. And they mm-hmm. show that the code on the board. <laughs> The virus, the uh, the uh, the uh, Avenger virus, is well, yeah. I I figured that you know C sharp is actually the the ancients programming language, and Microsoft just stole it. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. My head my head canon was that Sam has put together a like an interpreter, so you write in C sharp, and then it compiles it down to whatever the machine code of the Stargate network is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, this episode written by uh, Malazzi and and Mully, and of course, they like to put a twist into every episode. And the twist here is that Felger and Carter originally write the virus to attack just one Stargate uh, on Ball's, one of Ball's uh, significant planets there. But very quickly, the the virus propagates through the entire uh, Stargate network, uh, disabling them all, which... Which is pretty bad. I can imagine, like you mentioned your first day of work, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it propagates because Ball takes it and makes it, yeah, changes yeah. it, or Ball, or one of Ball's underlings more likely changes it to 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 do that, so that it's not the same virus, but it does. Which, of course, you know, okay, for those That's who know computer twist, yeah. administration, the fact they're calling it a virus says it's going to propagate. That's yeah. what computer viruses do. <laughs> they spread from computer to computer. I mean, we didn't really have the full language or awareness of the like different types of malware. I mean, you may have heard something like you may have heard mentions of like a Trojan horse back then or something, but you know, we didn't have all the different kinds Uh, of like 20, 2003 people are getting pretty aware of stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, maybe not so much. 93, I would agree, but yeah, by 2003 people at least understood what a virus was. And balls asking people to donate 0.03 Bitcoin. If they want (laughs) to, if they want their dialing computer back. I mean, we we saw early on in the show that they know how to do DDoS attacks on gates. Yeah. So mm-hmm. This fits with that, uh, the computer analogy we're going with. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we get lots of lots of fun here. We get we do get some off-world action, you know, with lots of uh, mm-hmm. shooting and explosions and rocks blowing up and everything. And that's always fun to see. I love Folger where the, you know, the, the sh- everything's going on. It's just background noise. Keep working. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but. But no P90s in this episode. Mm-mm. So apparently I saw that the reason they don't have P90s is because this was like right when the Iraq war was kicking off and they couldn't get the blanks for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, I think so. the shell casings were in short supply. So yeah. Yeah. We have this Frankenstein uh, PDW that Carter's using, which is a hybrid of like three different rifles <laughs> and of all thrown together. And that's but, all she needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's all she needed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she fought off all of them. <laughs> with her drum with her drum magazines and of course, you know, the ticking clock here because you need one of those two is that um uh Jack and Teal are now because the gate network is down, they're they're stranded off world with a bunch of, you know, Jaffa factions who are warring against each other. You know, Daniel stuck off world uh with with the water literally rising about to mm-hmm. uh drown him in, in the gate. And then there's another, uh, how many, like 11, uh, eight or 11 teams stranded off world as well. Yeah, I think it um, was. Yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty bad for, for Felger and he reacts pretty much, I think like, like any of us would. Yeah. <laughs> I, do have to, <laughs> yeah. I have to say though, you think that they would have tested this out like, cause they have Stargates <laughs> on other planets. Well, that's why they tested it on balls. Yeah. Right, but they should have done it. In, they could have done it in a contained environment where they tested it. Like they asked the Toker, like, "Hey, can we set up this controlled test and see what happens, and have a way what? to reverse this?" And of course, yeah. they 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 figure out how to do all that in the end. But well, yeah. they, they they could have they could have used Earth's DHD. Oh wait, that got blown up. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, both of them did. I think you don't publish untested code into the production branch without running some QA first, but. <laughs> no, maybe who does do. that <laughs> yeah. they did the simulations yeah. you know you do it on a virtual machine it's got to work it, yeah. on the real one <laughs> and, and how debug, long from yeah. the time he wrote it or conceived the idea till they put it into production 20 less than 24 hours uh, uh, eh, or, yeah we get we get a we get a montage so we really can't tell and, and most of that montage too where they're you know developing the the idea was uh improvised as well as you know felger yeah. with this tray of donuts and they get some yeah you know, yeah with the jelly donut that he takes a bite out of and starts writing on the whiteboard with the jelly <laughs> and then tries to erase it and gets powdered sugar yeah, all over the that's awesome yeah nice well you know i mean it was just a couple of days though we know that yeah. because mm-hmm. um because the, the teams were still out and everything yeah. and daniel was still fighting the flood and i think they said like 48 hours from when problems started occurring to when the uh gate would be flooded out so yeah, and they yeah. were getting close. Yeah. From Seemed from conception quick. to implementation to first patch in what three days? That's pretty good. It is pretty good, yeah. That's the most <laughs> real that's the most realistic part of this episode is uh non technical people ask software developers for a program and they want it done in two days and they want it deployed and then they get mad when it has bugs in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh I also think that they kind of they they put a little bit too much of the blame on Felger. Like in that situation, Carter was his superior, and she was mm-hmm. basically the project manager of what was going on. And so, and she was working with him for a lot of it. Yeah, you know. So he kept saying it was his, but it was really theirs. Yeah, like he didn't do this all on his own. But he also didn't think she ever did anything wrong. Remember, she never has made a mistake, and then she starts listing off. And even what, her mistakes the, the are perfect. Planet, yeah. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All these things I've done wrong. And yeah. <laughs> and for the director's commentary. So we do get some, not, not a lot of techno babble, but we do get some, some gate technology techno babble from Amanda tapping. And we learned from the commentary that she actually will research the topics on her own, the topics that she's talking about, because she wants to have, you know, an understanding of what she's saying. So she's not just mm. reading the lines off that she actually, can understand and communicate 
what she's what she's yeah. trying to say. So she'll actually go home and like look up the whatever the topic of the week is and and That's study great. it on her own. Yeah, that was yeah. very surprising, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like Lavar Burton just you know you know, re- repeating whatever's on the, on the script. Yeah. That's, that's nice to hear because yeah, so often, and I think this is probably just part of the mythos that people put around the actors and their sci-fi shows, but it's like, they don't know anything of what they're saying. They're just reading what that was written for them. So it's cool that she actually makes the effort. Yeah. To and, and, and it mm-hmm. makes that joke in wormhole extreme too, where the Carter analog on the cast is, is confronting the writers and saying, I'm out of phase, right? Why don't I just fall through the floor? Yeah. You know, yeah, so that's actually probably <laughs> something question. that that's probably something that that came up in one of their uh, read throughs. Explain the science to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah, that was a, a jab at Star Trek, and also uh, probably an internal joke for them. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I wonder if a lot of the fan backlash comes from the fact that we have Dan or uh, Jack and Teal fighting a Jaffa rebellion, and it's all off screen. <laughs> We've seen Jaffa rebellions before, yeah. though. Yep, there's that's always just, a Jaffa. That's just rebellion. what they call a Tuesday at, at, at SGC now. You know, True. yeah. <laughs> what we haven't seen is Carter stripping off her shirt and getting into a cat fight. <laughs> <laughs> Which, okay, like that scene has not aged well at all. Mm. And in the writer's defense, Robert C. Cooper added that in himself at the mm-hmm. end because uh, the well, very. It's, but it's it's the day. It's a it was a daydream. It was a daydream, well, yeah, yeah, you know, it, and that, that yes. makes it all the funnier because he's sitting there daydreaming about this happening. That well, now, now he's now he's not just infatuated with Carter. Now he's also infatuated with Chloe. Yeah. And he wants to see the two of them together. Yeah. And and it's a callback to the to the other right. guys, too, where, where it ends with a, a fantasy as well. But that scene, it's um, filmed in in one take as well. Mm-hmm. And it starts with, you know, Felger and, and Chloe, you know, sweeping all the equipment and stuff off the desk onto the floor. So you have a blank desk, you know, Jack comes in six down next to Felger, um, Amanda tapping as Sam jumps on Chloe. What you don't see is Chloe exiting the scene really quick and getting dressed back up again in her lab outfit, Jack sneaking oh. off to the side and all the stage hands, putting the computer monitors and stuff back on the desk. Oh, so so that, really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so that when they pan there. back down, when they pan back down from Felger, Chloe's there with her lab coat on. Oh, and that's all the funny. computer. Yeah, it was all done in one in one take. Oh, and they awesome. said, if you look yeah. quickly, you can see <laughs> you Richard can. Dean Anderson on the side. You know, you can see him kind of slink out of the shot. Which yeah, you that, see his shoulder kind of go. You know, yeah, out, out of the shot. That's yeah. great. That was, yeah. It was really impressive. You yeah. know, when they talked about all of the one shots in this, it was. Yeah, I have to say, you know, as a female, I thought that was hysterical, though the the Chloe Sam thing because it just yeah. <laughs> it was so out of character and obviously a dream sequence. So when it happened, you were like, "What?" And, and then you well, just I, I like even Felger's about to say something, and, and Jack just kind of taps his hand, like, <laughs> like no, no. "Hush." No, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it was played in a, a very. I, I don't know if the word tasteful is the correct way to put it, but it was played in a way that was very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. not like you saw that, you know, again, they just went out of the scene, you know, and left it all to your imagination, which was better than, you know, yeah. some of the yeah. other things they could have done. Well, like, and I love when, when, he, when Chloe would wake him up from his fantasy, she'd poke him in the cheek. <laughs> yeah. I wonder, I wonder if that was scripted or if that was also just pulled in because it, it works for the quirkiness of the character yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean 
there's just so many great comedic moments in this. Uh, you know, um, one <laughs> that I love is when 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 Felger runs up, runs away, and he's on you know this little bridge in a park, and he's throwing <laughs> bits of throwing bits of bread into the water, and Sam comes over and's like, uh, so so what are you doing? And they cut to like this long shot. Which shows that there are no ducks at all in this uh, stream. Yeah. He says, I'm the feeding the ducks. Empty. He's yes. like, I'm feeding the ducks. And there's just no ducks. <laughs> He's just throwing bread into the water. Well, and then totally he says, felled her. How did you find me? And she says, I called your mom. Yeah. <laughs> this is where I go to, this is where I come to cry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And even this there, re- he was—he's been mugged by teenagers. Yeah, this where he thought of you know this great theory, and then I got mugged. Yeah, <laughs> or Felger. Yeah, yeah. I've got to say, I wonder if anyone ha- finds this episode offensive because Felger is like the nerdy scientist guy, and he's played this way. Yeah, look it up uh, online. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh really? There are a lot oh, of really nerdy scientist guys. Oh are- no, they're they're like. What is this? Nineteen eighty-two? Is this like Revenge of the Nerds three or something? Yeah, yeah. He's not really? portrayed well. He, yeah, it's not believable because he's a horrible person, and being a nerd doesn't mean you can do all these bad things. And yeah, yep. Uh, I don't know. As someone who's pretty nerdy, I found it hilarious. Yeah. Oh, I did. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some people take it a little too like, yeah, I, too, too literally. Something nerds do ever. I, I do have to admit a little bit of Felger's was cringe but just because yeah. he was played to be cringe yeah i mean you only take flack when you're over the target right isn't that the thing <laughs> so yeah. maybe, maybe True. <laughs> nerds are protesting a little too much i think right. now one thing i did like is you know he snuck in a roll of duct tape which of course that was yep. a callback to red green show nice you know <laughs> yeah gotta have duct tape handyman's secret weapon yep they don't find you handsome at least they'll find you handy <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's kind of uh, Felger's whole MO when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 Except for he can't always be handy. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, when it counts. And so his his ion, his or as uh, Jack calls it, his phaser weapon. Uh, at More the like a photon torpedo. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it looked a lot like the shrink ray from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, it did. Yeah. Or not. yeah. It's like very similar prop. Well, I, I love it. You know, of course, they don't hook it up to a NACWA generator. Oh, no. They hook it up to base power. <laughs> yeah. And completely oh, yeah. knock the entire base offline. <laughs> yep. Well, and they give him such grief about that. But how many times has Carter knocked out the power? Exactly. Yep. And I don't remember her getting that look from uh, General Hammond. <laughs> maybe uh, maybe that's how Siler like hurt his eye. He was stumbling around in the dark. Oh, that's right. Yeah, see, yes. like, he's being, yeah. his eyes being checked out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> always injured. At least he didn't get electrocuted this time. <laughs> True. <laughs> and they did address the issue, which I was thinking of before Sam brought it up. Of is there no like security or firewall on these systems? And I'm glad they addressed that in the dialogue where they talk about how they have to actually bypass that to get this on there. So mm-hmm. that was going to be my big objection to the plot, but they covered <laughs> it. Yeah. And I do like the idea that the gate network and they, I think they have mentioned before the correlative, uh, correlative updates where like, you know, to account for stellar drift and stuff that the gate will mm-hmm. like dial each other and, and uh, update it. And we get, we get to hear an unnamed Tokra 
kind of in the background, uh, you know, giving the exposition mm-hmm. about the gate network. And that was actually Martin Wood, Wood's oh, voice as well. Yeah. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. And and he was the one in the hallway with Siler. Yeah, treating Siler as high. Also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I want to see Felger come back in the reboot. Bring him back, have him be like, have him still be down in a lab just doing crazy things. I feel like for his character, that would <laughs> Like that the would same work. lab. Yeah. Yeah, right. same lab. Well, have like with the Chloe scene where he walks married. out and he can't figure out, he gets in the camera oh, and I can't love figure that. out where yeah. to go to get back to yeah. his lab. <laughs> walks out oh, of yeah. frame, then walks back into frame. <laughs> now, where am I at? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they actually like reconfigured the set for this episode. They like moved around walls mm-hmm. and stuff. So they had corridors that you didn't see every other time. And mm-hmm. um, a lot and there of were like signs sing- on the walls that yeah. said Felger's lab. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. yeah there was just, there was oh, like yeah. one sign that pointed it out. <laughs> nice. Could have said but Folgers. Folgers, as Jack <laughs> called them. Yes. I think this is an example of them using a guest star really well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Contrast it to, I haven't seen this episode in probably 10 or 15 years, but the one that Fred Willard is on, and they did not utilize Fred Willard no. very well. Yeah, I haven't seen that one in a while either. Mm-hmm. We'll get to it eventually. Yeah. <laughs> is that in SG-1 or is that Atlantis? It's SG-1. On Atlantis, we get Richard Kind in a few episodes, and he actually is utilized very well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. He's fabulous. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I like this. I, I don't I don't get the hate for it, although it seems like looking online, I think people have warmed up to it over time. As well, they should. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a good episode. Joel, have any other uh, thoughts on it? Nothing here. Uh, I, I have one. So in the beginning, when they're testing out the uh, photon torpedo weapon, and you see it kind of spark and all that, and Carter jumps into Jack, you know, in the back. When we were listening to the commentary, <laughs> so uh, Amanda Tapping said that was a real jump because the thing started smoking or popping, and they didn't know it was going to happen. And so that oh, was nice. her really responding. And nice. she she did mention that it it like caused a whole wave online for the shippers who <laughs> who were like, oh my gosh, she like you know. More evidence. More evidence. Yeah, exactly. So she, they did kind of make a comments about that, which I thought was super funny because I'm pretty sure back in 2003, I, I thought that exact same thing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All the fangirls were yeah. sweet. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was just watching it going explosions. Yeah. yeah. Smoke. Fire. <laughs> yeah. I was just wondering where he got that mains cable. Just pull it out of the ceiling, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. Extension cord from the uh the gate room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did we have any uh alternate language titles for we, this one, Victor? We had one, yeah. So in most languages it was Avenger 2.0. Interestingly, they would um just say Avenger 2.0 in English, actually, for the hmm. for the title. But in uh in Italian we got Rete Bloccata, which means blocked network. Hmm. <laughs> so they're the they're the literal. ones being literal this year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <In> this episode. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Before we go, we would uh, like to uh, take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secret to Stargate, including Stephen W., Anna F., Mary G., Lawrence V., and Stephen H. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secret to Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest, and you can join them by visiting sqpn.com give. 
and be and be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and you can find our video versions at youtube.com slash starquestmedia. And to find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate and to send us feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash stargate. And you can email us at stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or on Twitter at sqpn. And we'll be back next time and we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, Birthright. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thank you, Jack. And Lisa Jones, thank you as well. Thanks, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. Thanks, Jack, and send the virus. But not else. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going (laughs) to be nice today. Once again, I'm Jack Berizzini. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? Here's another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy. Let's Science. Find the show wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash science.